Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Tenor Meeting Holiness Ministries. My name is Overseer Ken Simmons. We are located in Maryville, Indiana, 46410. Our phone number is 219-902-0369. Our worship hours is on Sundays at 10 a.m. And our Bible study is Tuesdays at 7 p.m. As well as our Sunday school, which comes on Fridays at 7 p.m. as well. Um, all of those are live. And you can see us on Facebook. Um, also, please check out our Twitter and our Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Um, don't forget to hit the like button. Don't forget to hit the notification bell so you can get all the latest content that is on this channel. If you would like to donate or be a part of Tenor Meeting Holiness Ministries, go to our website where you will see everything that we do there. Uh, you can reach us at T-O-M-M-I-N-C dot slash 10 of meeting. And if you would like to email us or talk to us, email us at T-O-M-M-I-N-C at yahoo.com. Now back to our service. Welcome to 10 of meeting Holiness Ministries. My name is Overseer Ken Simmons. We are located in Maryville, Indiana, and today we're going to be talking about Romans 9. Now, everybody that's been keeping up, we've went through 1 through 8, and now we are in 9. And uh, I want to thank everybody that's been watching and listening, and uh, we've been getting a lot of good feedback. Yes. And um, I just learned that our services mm -hmm. has been broadcasting in at least 17 countries Amen. Wow. and I am Amen. thrilled about that and yes. I can only thank you guys and God for sending you here and um, I thank you so much Amen. so now we're going to get into this word and we're going to be in Romans 9 today and it says I am speaking the truth in Christ. I am not lying. My conscience bears me witness in the Holy Spirit that I have great sorrow and unceasing anguish in my heart. For I could wish that I myself were accursed and cut off from Christ for the sake of my brothers, my kinsmen according to the flesh. They are Israelites and to them belonging the adoption the glory, the covenants, the giving of the law, the worship, and the promise. He says, to them belonging to the patriarchs and from, the, from their race according to the flesh is the Christ who is God over all, blessed forever. Amen. He speaks about God and he lets you know that Jesus is God. You know, these bold statements that were made, and you can hear how, when Paul speaks, you can hear the confidence in his voice. Mm -hmm. You know, you can hear it, and you can, you understand that when he says these things, he means it. Why? And he puts a forever amen on the end of it. 
He says in 6, but it is not as though the word of God has failed. For not all who are descended from Israel belongs to Israel. Everybody that is from Israel is not, it not belongs to Israel. Mm -hmm. And what does he mean? Any, everybody that is a descendant from Jacob doesn't belong to Israel as the spiritual place. <laughs> so, in, in other words, everybody that's in church ain't about church. Right? Right. <laughs> he says, and not all are children of Abraham because they are his offspring, but through Isaac shall your offspring be named. This means that it is not the children of the flesh who are the children of God, but the children of the promise are counted as offspring. So when you come to Christ, you are counted among the people who are in Christ. Just because you were born in a in Abraham's line or Jacob's line or any of that stuff doesn't mean that you automatically get a ticket to heaven. <laughs> right. Only when you come to Christ is when you are recognized by God. Mm -hmm. Period. Nine says, For this is what the promise said. About this time next year, I will return and Sarah shall have a son. And not only so, but also when Rebekah had conceived children by one man, our forefather Isaac, though they were not yet born and had done nothing, either good or bad, in order that God's purpose of election might continue not because of works, but because of him who calls. She was told, the older will serve the younger. As it is written, Jacob I love, but Esau I hate. Hmm. And you have to understand that when he says this, when he says these things, it's in a spiritual manner. He goes on to explain, Jacob I love and Esau I hate. Because mm -hmm. Esau didn't accept the promise. And Jacob did. From Abraham. Mm -hmm. Right? Right. Now, going further... Why didn't it say Israel I love? Because God changed Jacob's name to Israel. Mm -hmm. Right? But he says Jacob I love. But Esau I hate. Because in Jacob's natural state mm -hmm. he came to Christ to become Israel. Oh. You see? You don't automatically get to be Israel. 
hear that? You have to become Israel. And this is why God loves Jacob. 14. What shall we say then? Is there injustice on God's part? By no means. For he says to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I have mercy. And I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. Basically, God say, I'll do what I want to do. Right. <laughs> right. I'm God. Who's going to stop me? That's right. Hmm? That's right. So then it depends not on human will or exert exertion, but on God who has mercy. God gives us new mercies every day. Mm. So everything that... <laughs> that helps us move mm -hmm. is it tips on God's mercies for us whether he wants to wake us up in the morning whether he wants us to go to work mm -hmm. whether he wants us to do anything at all our whole being hinges on God's mercy right for the scripture says to Pharaoh, for this very purpose I have raised you up that I might show my power in you and that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. So then he has mercy on whomever he wills and he hardens whomever he wills. So you can't get mad at these people that's acting a fool. Mm -hmm. right. Sometimes God will harden the hearts of somebody in front of you and they mean towards you and God is leaning you towards something else and because of how you're being treated by them you go a different route which is where God wants you anyway mm -hmm. <laughs> That's it Right? That's right. it I mean, think about where would Moses be if God didn't harden Pharaoh's heart? Right. Because <laughs> when you read that story, Pharaoh would have gave up a long time ago. The reason God hardened his heart is because he had softened his blood. Right. Him and Moses would have been best buds. That ain't what was supposed to happen, though. <laughs> That's Nineteen says, "You will say to me then, what does he still find fault? Why does he still find fault? For who can resist his will? But who are you, O man, to answer back to God? Well, what is molded says to its molder, Why have you made me like this?" You the clay, and you ask the potter, why am I here? I don't want to do this. Now, the potter is shaping and molding you into what he wants you to be because he's the potter. But you decide, as the clay, 
You don't want to do that. It's not up to you. Right. 21 says, Has the potter no right over the clay mm -hmm. to make out of the same lump one vessel for honorable use and other another for dishonorable use? Mm -hmm. God can do whatever He wants at any given time. Right. What if God desires to show His wrath in 22? And to make known his power has endured with much patience vessels of wrath prepared for destruction. What if God just say, you know what? The world is in chaos. Let me just start all over. Mm, wow. <laughs> then you have to think, how many times did he actually do that? Mm. <laughs> right. Before the rainbow came and said, okay, I'm not going to do that anymore. <laughs> because remember, he tells Noah, I'm not going to destroy the world anymore through water like that. Right? Right. And he shows him the rainbow. And he's like, well, and you hear people say, well, this is the first time I ever did it. That's why he said he won't do it anymore. But when you go back to Genesis 1, and 1, mm -hmm. <laughs> In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was void and without form. And God mm -hmm. hovered over the, what was it, the space of the deep, mm -hmm. which means it was just water there. Right. Mm -hmm. Which means it had been destroyed before. Mm -hmm. So, in the beginning, when you go into Genesis, the scene starts out with a water ball. Right. <laughs> and then he starts building from there. Right. Again. And he tells Adam and Eve, I need you to replenish That's right. the earth. Mm -hmm. That's right. Now why would you ask two people to replenish something that they were never here for? Mm. Unless there were people here before them. Mm. But we're going to go on. Alright. <laughs> so good. <laughs> 23 says, In order to make known the riches of His glory for vessels of mercy, which He has prepared beforehand for glory, even us whom He has called, not from the Jews only, but also the Gentiles. As indeed he says in Hosea, those who are not my people, I will call my people. And her who was not beloved, I will call beloved. And in the very place where it was said to them, you are not my people, there they will be called sons of the living God. So the very people that you Trap alone, don't talk to, and and think you are way above, and they too beneath you. Those are the people that God used that He calls His folks. Right. 
That's why you have to be careful who you talk to and how you talk to folks. In Isaiah, in 27, it says, And Isaiah cries out concerning Israel, Though the number of sons of Israel be as the sands of the sea, only a remnant of them will be saved. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. And that's sad. Now, he used the word Israel. And he's talking about the sons of Israel. These are people that are in Christ. These are not just Israelites. These are people who are in Christ. Though the number of the sons of Israel be as the sands of the sea, only a remnant of them will be saved. Now, can you imagine the number of people that are going to be saved? And it says... Even though it's like the sands of the sea. That's a lot of folks. Mm -hmm. But he says that even with that lot of folks. It's still just a remnant. Mm -hmm. So imagine seeing. A sand full of folks. I mean they just this many people. But you imagine. How many more. Are not going. So if this is a lot of people that's coming in, you can imagine what it's like who's not. Mm -hmm. wow. 28 says, For the Lord will carry out his sentence upon the earth fully and without delay. And as Isaiah predicted, if the Lord of hosts had not left us offspring, we would have been like Sodom and become like Gomorrah. Mm -hmm. So if God wouldn't have left us some people to kind of guide us, which he did in the Old Testament, which is why we have a Bible, because all of these people are people that left. Mm -hmm. And these are the people we go by and the things that they did and what they saw and who they were and all of these things that they did with God and what God did with them. We're able to see it. Mm -hmm. And if it wasn't for them, he said the world would be like Sodom and Gomorrah. Mm -hmm. wow. Now Isaiah said this before when Isaiah was living, which means the Old Testament wasn't even finished yet. And he said this before the Old Testament was done. But we have way more than what Isaiah had to see for him to say that. So we have what Isaiah saw plus Isaiah himself and everything that came after that with Jesus Christ. We have no excuse. 30 says, what shall we say then? That Gentiles who do not pursue righteousness have attained it? That is a righteousness that is by faith. But the Israel, but that Israel who pursued a law that would lead to righteousness did not succeed in reaching the, that law. Why though? He says, because they did not pursue it by faith, but as if it were based on works. 
So the Gentiles who did not pursue righteousness have attained it. That is a righteousness that is by faith. So they didn't do it by the stuff that they did. And they was like, well, how did the Gentiles get it? We didn't see them working in the church. Hmm. But the, the Gentiles got it by faith. That's right. Not by their righteous deeds. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It says, but that Israel who pursued a law that would lead to righteousness did not succeed in reaching that law because every time you do something in the law you're doing it I'm, I'm, I'm piling up my deeds mm -hmm. but see what happens with de uh, and, and this is the problem what happens with deeds righteous deeds right mm -hmm. they get striked out every time you sin so <laughs> So, you can have five righteous deeds you did for the day, but then you sin towards the end of the day. It strikes out all of that, and then now you all you have a sin. That's how powerful sin is. Sin takes away those righteous deeds, and then you just have sin. But until you get those sins forgiven, those righteous deeds mean nothing, because the last thing you did was sin. And even if you sin first and did righteous deeds, it's still there because you haven't asked for forgiveness. Sins overshadow all of that righteousness without repentance. Right. And that's what people don't realize. I don't care how many righteous deeds you do. Sin is going to overshadow it if you don't have repentance. So why is that? It says because they did not pursue it by faith, but as if it were based on works. They have stumbled over the stumbling stone, as it is written, Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone of stumbling, and a rock of offense. And whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. long as you believe in God and you believe that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior you can avoid these stumbling blocks yeah. right yeah. righteousness is okay until you sin <laughs> then it's striked out yeah. once it's striked out all you have is sin. Right. Your righteous deeds mean nothing if sin is still there. That's why you have to have Christ. No matter how much you ask for forgiveness, if you don't have Christ in your life, that forgiveness goes nowhere. You cannot ask for forgiveness and don't have Christ in your life. Because if you ask for forgiveness, it has to go through Christ. And if you don't believe in Christ, your prayers are going nowhere. Yeah. Mm 
And if your prayers are going nowhere, the sins are still upon you. And if you die in that state, those sins become a witness against you in judgment. Which means your whole life becomes a witness against you. You have to have Christ to get forgiveness. And you have to repent. Once you have Christ in your life, you repent of your sins. Then God sees you with his son, as his son. That's how we become heirs. Mm -hmm. Because once you are, once you give yourself over to Christ, God sees you as Christ. He sees you as one of his brothers. Mm -hmm. That's how we become sons and daughters. Right? right? Mm -hmm. We become sons and daughters just like Jesus is the son of God. Because we're there with Christ. But without Christ, it doesn't work. That's right. Amen? Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you for these scriptures today. We thank you for allowing us to see Romans 9 and understand that we need Christ Jesus in our lives. Because if we do not have your Son in our lives... We cannot and will not have everlasting life. Yes. Father, we thank you for showing us these scriptures today. We thank you for being able to understand them. Thank you for the wisdom, knowledge, and understanding of your word. And Father, we thank you and we praise your name. In the mighty name of your son, Jesus Christ, we pray and say amen. Amen. Stay blessed and faithful. Watching Ten and Meeting Holiness Ministries. To hear more of God's Word, please subscribe to this channel. Don't forget to hit the like button or the notification bell to get all the latest content that is on this channel. Thanks again for coming. And as always, stay blessed and faithful.